To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. I was about 10 years old. It was the second day it opened. And uh, I thought it was amazing. You know, I'd never seen anything like it in my life. And I was thrilled and managed to come back, you know, every year or two. I was just a 10-year-old kid that liked to go to amusement parks. I think th there's nothing quite like Disneyland. It's, it's a place where you can really go and enjoy yourself and have a lot of fun. Um, and it's, you know, it's very unique in that way. Now, dare to cross forbidden boundaries to the ultimate adventure. Come on! It's more than a ride. It's real. Now your fears have a name. The Indiana Jones Adventure. New at Disneyland. and students at Marshall College. Welcome to episode number 268 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. This week we are talking all about Indiana Jones at the Disney parks. It's a fascinating subject. It's one we're really looking forward to talking about tonight, and we cannot do this alone. We are joined by host on the Dorky Diva show, Star Wars superfan, Indiana Jones superfan, longtime friend of the show, and all-around awesome person, Savannah Odit. Savannah, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I am, like, beaming from ear to ear right now. I'm so excited for this. Credit where credit's due. This 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 episode was your idea. We, we talked to you, I think, last year about coming on for Indie Year, and we, we, we were talking about a couple stuff, and you presented this, and we were just like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> 
I really felt like the pressure was on when you said that I could think of a topic. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do that's worthy of being on Blast Points? Like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I love, Ind- I love everything about Indiana Jones, but I, you know, love Disney. The Disney parks are very near and dear to my heart. I feel like I can talk about them all day without preparation, even though I did a lot of preparation. So yeah, I'm just like so excited for this. Well, I'm curious before we get started, where did your love for Indiana Jones start? Where did your love for Disney, the Disney parks start to do the two cross over at all? Like how, how did this, uh, how did this whole thing begin for you? Everything melts into one when it comes to my obsessions. So, um, I grew up near Orlando, Florida. I was born and raised there and lived there most of my life. And my mom was a cast member and she worked at the parks for almost 20 years. Uh, So she was already a big Disney fan when I came along. And I have an older brother. His name is Chase. And uh, when Chase was born, my mom showed him Star Wars and she showed him Indiana Jones because she grew up uh, when all these movies were coming out for the first time and she was obsessed with them and uh, she showed them to my dad for the first time when they got married and he just like wasn't really into it. He didn't grow up with those things. Uh, so when she had Chase, she was like, all right, now I have Padawans. I can suck them into this. <laughs> and then I came along and it was just something that was just like normal in our house. Indiana Jones was always on the TV. We always had movies like that playing. We always went to the Disney parks. And as I got older, I just found like my own love for this franchise. And I would go to Disney a lot when I got older and was like old enough to roam around the park while my mom was working. Um, I would go by myself or with my brother And we would go see the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular at uh, MGM at the time. And everything just kind of like spun from that. But I'm very close with my brother and he loves Indiana Jones so much. Like he cosplays as Indiana Jones and I cosplay a short round. And it's just something that we really share a love for together. Um, But as I've gotten older, the more I watch the movies, I just realize how well made they are and just like how fun they are to watch. And I don't know, I feel like every time I watch them these days, I discover something new about them. But a lot of it does connect to the Disney parks because when I was little, I would just remember going to see the stunt spectacular. And, you know, that was Indiana Jones to me, even though I watched the movies as well. To me, they were just like one and the same. They existed in the same space. And I don't know, I was just like always around it. I had an epic childhood. <laughs> <I'm> jealous. <laughs> Star Wars, everyone knows that the Disney parks has had this presence with Star Tours early on. And now, you know, Star Wars, of course, we all know has Galaxy's Edge, its own designated area, it's land with restaurants and all kinds of things. But the Indiana Jones presence at the Disney parks isn't really as talked about as much. And I remember the first time I went to Hollywood Studios, which actually... I never went when it was MGM. I only went when it was Hollywood Studios. And the first time I was there was 2013. Wow. I remember like walking in and seeing the big sign for the stunt spectacular and being like, that's so crazy. (laughs) It's huge. Yeah. And it was just a year after the Disney sale. And I was just like, I knew it had always been there. And I was like, wow, that's really kind of wild. 
the history of Indiana Jones in the parks and how it got there, it goes hand in hand, of course, with with the Star Wars history. And pretty much it all comes down to Michael Eisner, right? Yeah. So when Michael Eisner was kind of taking over Disney, he had really a huge, um, he, he had a lot of fingerprints all over MGM Studios. And he really wanted to use the franchises that, you know, were surrounding the Disney family to kind of bring more life into the parks. But it's interesting that you say you've only been to Hollywood Studios because to me, when I think of uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, it feels very different from MGM. And yes, they are the same park. It's just been renamed. But when MGM, when it was still called MGM, and when I was a kid, it was a working studio. So one of Michael Eisner's initiatives was to, you know, make sure that the sound stages on the property of the park were being used to film television shows and, and things like that. So it's really cool that it was like a working studio and it really brought like the movie magic to life. But it's it's neat in my opinion that both Star Wars and Indiana Jones are represented in the park. And the really cool thing is that they're so close to each other in proximity within the actual park. Like you will walk by the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular and you keep on walking and you see Star Tours and the big AT-AT and all of that stuff. So it's neat that they even live within the same area in that park. Did you ever, like as a kid back back before the Disney sale, when you were, when you were hanging out there, the fact that Star Wars and Indiana Jones were not Disney properties. It's funny reading now that people at the time thought it was very controversial and very like, oh, you know, this isn't Disney. How, how can they do this? Like it was, and it's always kind of shocking to remember that for a period of time. Yeah, Star Wars was not a Disney thing and neither was Indiana Jones, but they were here at the Disney. And they were like the only things at the Disney parks that weren't Disney. I think as a kid, it didn't really stand out because... I don't know if I really even understood what Disney was versus Lucasfilm. Uh, but another thing about MGM is that the Muppets are represented there because they have Muppet Vision 3D. So it's 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 kind of a melting pot of like all these things that Disney has been involved with, but, you know, at the time didn't directly own and still might not own. But it's weird, like, to think about it from your perspective, you know, to think about how that must have been really strange at the time. But as a kid, you're just like, I'm at Disney, like this is Disney. And you don't really even notice like the difference in the, in the properties. We went to Disneyland in the eighties and it was before Hollywood studios or MGM had opened up. So it was like star tours was only at Disneyland. And I went to star tours there. It's funny. Cause like, I, just like when you were talking it, I didn't, ever really think of that being strange it was just like star tours is awesome star wars is awesome and everything in disneyland is awesome <laughs> like that's like the criteria for it being here you just have to be awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> for a long time i've been interested in trying to get involved with the, the disneyland theme park and um, for years, I you know, discussed it with uh, the management at Disney, and um, eventually it came about that um, they accepted my offer to be involved. 
and that um, we would sort of combine ideas. I wanted to have a, an involvement in Tomorrowland. I thought that was a portion of the park that had always been a little less than what it could have been. And um, so they've given me the opportunity to include my characters into that part of the park and try to uh, come up with some new ideas, which is real exciting. It's something that's a little offbeat from what I normally do, but it's uh, a real exciting creative challenge. So the whole history of Indiana Jones at the parks, where, where does it all begin? What, what, was, what was the very first steps of this thing? So it begins at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And again, at the time it was called MGM, but for the sake of people who know Disney these days, I'm just going to call it Hollywood Studios. So they first opened the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular in 1989. And if you've never been to Disney and if you've never seen this show, I'm going to give you a little synopsis. So uh, when this attraction was created, like I said, the park was intended to be a working studio. And it was also, you know, intended to be a way for guests to take a peek behind the curtain and see how movies were made. So this show, it's a big stadium that you can sit in and you're facing um, a huge set that has a ton of moving pieces and they rotate throughout the show. Uh, But it's Indy and Marion and it's these like amazing stunt performers that play Indian and Indy and Marion. And they're like going through the streets of Cairo and they're really uh, recreating a lot of iconic moments from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So there's the giant boulder roll. There's like a fight in Cairo. There's like the ending kind of ends with some big explosions and, you know, airplanes blowing up and things like that. It was so cool to watch this show as a kid because it's so large. Like the, the sets are so huge. And as a kid, I knew that Harrison Ford was Indiana Jones, and I knew that Harrison Ford was also Han Solo, and I knew that, you know, this was a person playing a character. So it was never really odd to me as a kid to see somebody else playing Indiana Jones in these shows, but it was just, like, really neat to see how they were recreating those big moments from the from the movie in this show. And one of the coolest parts about it, in my opinion, is that they really ask for audience participation. So it's really fun. In the beginning of the show, when you're kind of just like settling in and and getting seated and everything, they will call out people from the audience and have them do like impressions and uh, funny voices and things like that. And I think they pick about, I could be wrong, I think they pick maybe like 12 people maybe less than 12, to participate in the show. And so they get to be extras on set and get to walk around the streets of Cairo and like do all these fun things. And then it turns out, spoiler alert, that one of the people they've chosen from the audience is actually an actor. And so, you know, there's like a a fun fight scene between Marion and the tourist who ends up being an actor in the show. And you know, it's like a big surprise. Um, and I, I never got to be in the show because you had to be um, 18 years or older to volunteer to be in the show. And uh, I am definitely older than 18. But when I was a kid and going to the park a lot, I was I was too young to be in it. But it always looked like a lot of fun. So Savannah, 
I've been in the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. <laughs> no way. So, so, so jealous. The day I went, I was wearing a, a, a T-shirt of four Stormtrooper heads that had uh, kiss makeup on them. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> on brand. And I'm walking in to the stunt spectacular and I see people like standing up, like looking at standing there, like looking at people walking in. And one of the guys is like, Hey, cool shirt. And I'm like, hi, cool. Thanks. Then like I sit down and when they're calling people they're like the host is like, is there someone out there that has a shirt with star Wars stormtroopers with kiss makeup on them? Oh my gosh. And I'm like all sheepish. And I'm like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, you the, the, with the glasses, come on up here. And I was like, oh, my God. And now, so it was my wife and my daughter. My daughter was very small at the time. And I, like, literally, like, take off, like, running. Like, <laughs> did my dream come true? <laughs> so they, I had to do, like, a little skit. And they were talking to me a lot on the stage. They were like, where are you from? I had to do a thing where... I had to do like recreate uh, from Raiders. Like the they were like, okay, have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I had to do like where I'm walking, and if I walk and if I put my foot in the wrong place, like the dart will come out. So so I'm doing like this whole thing in front of the crowd, right? And then they do it like the whole this whole little skit where then the other people they picked pretend to like blow darts at me. And I have to pretend like I'm dying. And like the, the, the fake like director of the show was like, no, no, no. You have to like die more dramatically. And I'm like, ah, and my daughter like freaks out, I guess. Now the whole time, like I'm on stage, I'm like looking up at the stand at my wife and daughter. And after like, I get up and do my fake death, I get up and look to see if like, they're like smiling or like giving like a thumbs up or something. And their seats are empty. And I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> my daughter supposedly did not like watching me like fake die <laughs> and had to leave oh my gosh but it was incredible the <laughs> indiana jones and marion were both wearing new balance shoes i shook <gasps> i shook indiana jones's hand and when i shook his hand i said i'm a really big fan <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like okay and <laughs> I just remember, too, like, they told us, like, privately, like, okay, when the explosions go off at the end, it's really hot. It's real fire. And I'm like, okay, I'll be fine. And <laughs> we had to, like, hide behind this truck. And yeah, when, when the big explosion with, with the, the flying wing, like, the German plane explodes at the end and everything – like seriously, I felt like my face was gonna burn off. I was <laughs> I think I said on stage like <laughs> your eyebrows were gonna singe off. <laughs> yeah, I think I said on stage like, holy crap, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, I was just and like afterwards, I was like outside and people were like, Hey, you know, that was you did a good job. And I was like, Yeah. So yeah. Were you surprised when you like walked on the set at how big everything was? It was crazy. Yeah. And like the streets of Cairo set, I just kept looking around being like, this is so cool. And like the John Williams music was playing through speakers. And I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I remember. So I've, I've seen this show. I'm not kidding. Probably a hundred times, maybe more in my life. I've seen it a lot. 
Uh, and it got to the point one summer where I was going to Disney so often and seeing the show so often that I was the, the cast members in the show would recognize me <laughs> and we would just chat like at the end of the show, you know, while they're resetting the set for the next, the next show, uh, the Indy and the Marion would just like come over and talk to me. And one time they were like, do you, do you want to walk on the set? And I was like, oh my God, I can do that. And they were like, yeah, come on. And I think my, I think my brother was with me too. And he got to go up and sit on the steps up to the, uh, the pedestal where the fertility idol is. And I didn't do that. Maybe I was too shy. I can't remember why I didn't do that, but I did get to walk on the set and it was just really surprising at how much bigger everything felt when you were on it. It's just amazing. Like it's, one of those things where I hear a lot of rumors these days about like, oh, they're going to get rid of that attraction and all that, you know, the gossip that everybody likes to share. But I'm like, they can't get rid of it. It's it's one of the coolest things in the park. And they've made all of these really intricate sets and props. And the way that they move the sets throughout the show is just like so cool to me. And I'm a little bummed I, I've never been in the show. But I think next time I go, I'm going to just like make a really crazy outfit to wear. So they'll definitely spot me and like ask me to be in it. <laughs> See, I I'm bummed. I haven't even been at the show, let alone in it or on the set. So I'm uh you guys are making me jealous tonight. <laughs> oh, plan your trip right now. <laughs> well, when we were there for celebration, it was like the stars of rogue one that night. Wasn't it there or something? Or it was like a presentation on rebels or something. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't at that event, but I do remember seeing photos from that. There, there was a really iconic Star Wars and Indiana Jones crossover event that they did for, um, I think it was called The Last Tour to Endor during Celebration 5 in 2010. And they called it Raiders of the Lost Jedi Temple of Doom, a fan film of epic proportions. And I regrettably did not go to this event. I didn't have a ticket to this event, but I have seen the show on YouTube and it is every nerd's dream. It is literally a Star Wars Indiana Jones crossover that they did on uh, on the set of this show. And it's just fantastic. So do what will do what you will with that information and go watch it on YouTube because it's just so silly and so fun i yeah i didn't even know this existed and when i saw it in in the amazing notes you prepared for this episode i was like wait wait what yeah (laughs) yeah, i looked it up and yeah we'll we'll put the link to the video in this episode show notes because i I have a lot of regrets about the celebrations i didn't attend and this is the biggest (laughs) (laughs) it really kind of is yeah, there. I did write down some like fun facts about this attraction that I wanted to share because I thought some of these were really interesting. Um, the The first one that I thought was really cool is that the boulder that rolls down and almost crushes Indy, it's 12 feet tall and weighs 440 pounds. And it actually rolls in the show. It rolls down a chute. And the actor who plays Indy, I think he gets to like hide under a little like trapdoor situation. Uh, but it's very heavy. And the next one is that there were um, 17 original stunt performers and they trained for nine months prior to the show opening. And to like tack on another fun fact to that, I remember at uh, Star Wars weekends that I would go to like every summer, I uh, was, I used to be in the 501st and at 
Star Wars weekends, they would invite the 501st to be in the parade. So to line up for the parade during that event, you had to go backstage. And during, you know, while while we were waiting in line to to go out for the parade, you could see a lot of the performers from the indie show like practicing and they've got their mats in the back and they're like doing all their, you know, cool tricks and stuff like that. And they practice like all day long for their shows. It's, it's so intense and they are like actual stunt performers. So that's a, that's one really cool thing about the show. If you ever do get to see it, it's really exciting to not only watch like Indy and Marion doing their thing, but all of the background actors are really talented at what they're doing and are doing some pretty serious real stunts. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little like, it's a little bit of a nail biter situation in some of the, some of the parts of the show. So that's really fun. And then one other thing that I wrote down that I thought was really sweet is that uh, one of the original indie actors that um, played Indiana Jones when the show opened. He played that character for 27 years and he still works on the show today as the like fake director of the show. Um, So I thought that was really sweet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then one last thing, and this is something that a lot of people don't realize and it's, it's hotly debated, but I'm pretty confident in the accuracy of this. But when you exit the show, on your right side, there's like some shrubbery and some trees and some rocks, and there's a big tank on the rocks, and there is a truck. And it turns out that those um, vehicles are from The Last Crusade. So they were screen used in the movie, which is really cool. You saying all that just like literally when you, especially when you were talking about the, the background actors, it took me right back to that morning when i was up there i remember the part in galaxy quest when they're landing on the planet and tony shalhoub <laughs> is just smiling and he's eating like the, the little cheese dip thing with the little breadstick <laughs> that's what i was like on stage just like this is, like i remember watching like the actors going through and i'm like they're doing it just like in raiders yeah it's just so fun like it, it's a very high energy show. It's also very long. I can't remember how long it is, but I would I want to say it's at least a half hour long, maybe even longer than that. Um, it's just so fun. But you are very right about the fire. If you are sitting in the first few rows of the um, seating area, you're gonna feel hot as well. <laughs> I always try to not sit near the front. Um, and yeah, there's like fire and explosions and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's just like a really fun time. Well, and that's not the only Indiana Jones thing at Hollywood Studios, though, right? No, there is much, much more. (laughs) So, and by much, much, I mean like maybe a couple more things. Um, (laughs) So, like I said, when you exit the ride or the uh, attraction, on your right, they have like the big tank and the truck from Last Crusade. And then there's a little tiny shop called the Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost that's towards the exit of the show. And this shop is just so near and dear to my heart because to be honest, it's probably the most pathetic gift shop in all of Disney property. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They have fake snakes, fake bugs, um, some really poorly made whips, for children, you know, <laughs> and like really, really bad replicas of Indiana Jones's hat. 
And then they have some cute like Mickey Mouse as Indiana Jones merchandise that you can buy and a couple very generic t-shirts. You know, there's not a whole lot here for you. And if you are a big Indiana Jones fan, you're going to be like, wow, they have a gift shop just for me. And then you're going to go in and be like, (laughs) there's two Indiana Jones things in this entire store. Um, And I honestly haven't been there in a while. So who knows what that ratio really looks like today? Who knows if there's really any Indiana Jones merchandise in the Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost. But yeah, a few years ago, it was always very... It was very sad. <laughs> Before we went there, and keep, I remember too, this is my first time at Hollywood Studios. And I'm like, there's a whole Indiana Jones gift shop. And I thought, like, in my head, I'm thinking it's going to be like the Star Wars one by Star Tours or something. Which at the time, it's like, this place is crazy. Yes, yeah, so I go into the Indiana Jones one, and it's literally a room, like a small room. It's so tiny. <laughs> With one sad person sitting behind a desk, like wearing a fedora. And they're probably just so used to the random Indiana Jones super fan walking in there and being like, ah, ah, oh. So there, was, there was two shirts. There was a Rare as the Lost Ark shirt, and there was a Fortune and Glory shirt. And I was like, well, I'm getting both these shirts. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. You have to get whatever's in there. Like, I remember at one point, I don't know if they still had these, but they had some really bad, um, like, khaki messenger bags that literally just said Indiana Jones on them. When it was like, I have to have this bag. You know, it's like they were trying to go for a satchel replica, but they didn't get anywhere close to that. It's so near and dear to my heart, though. I remember this um, shop was always the place to go to when it rained, when you had your afternoon you know, Orlando shower rain that passes in like 15 minutes. You'd go in the indie shop and hide out for a little bit and then you'd be fine because nobody was going to hide out in the indie shop. They're all going somewhere else. So now I just gave away my my best Disney tip, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that gift shop. It, it is really the saddest thing ever, but it's just precious. They do have a couple little uh, like merchandise carts near the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular as well. But again, it's the same stuff that's in the gift shop. You're not going to find anything special on those carts. Like you're not even going to find a cool pin. I'm sure it's just the same two t-shirts, fake snakes, satchel hat. That's it. What would somebody do at Disney world with a fake snake? (laughs) I don't even know. That's the thing. It's like, it's just so random. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so (laughs) there's that. And then um, there is one thing that I wanted to talk about because I got to see it in person and it was so cool and they don't have it there anymore. But when the great movie ride was around, rest in peace, my favorite ride. um, So the great movie ride opened in 1989. It closed in 2017 and it was literally a ride through the movies. It was, uh, you know, you start with the very first movies, you end with what's current and you see some like little scenes from different iconic movies along the way. And in that ride, they had a, uh, a little scene of Indy and Sala lifting the Ark of the Covenant from this, you know, from the stone, the most iconic scene of the movie, probably. Uh, and that was always really cool to see, like as a kid. It was a very fun part of that ride. Uh, but they also had a really cute and secretive Easter egg in that scene. So all around you in that scene of the ride, they had hieroglyphics on the walls. And if you looked uh, to your left, while Indy and Sala were on your right, 
they had a little R2-D2 and C-3PO hidden in the hieroglyphics. So that was a, a fun little like Star Wars Easter egg within the indie scene. But for a short period of time, I think this must have been in maybe 2015, 2016. I can't remember exactly, but I did get to see it in person. They had um, the actual replica of the Ark from Raiders of the Lost Ark in the queue line for the great movie ride. So every so often they would change out different props that they had on display in the queue line. And for some time they did have the actual arc replica. And that was so cool to see in person because it was like way more detailed than I expected it to be. It was, there was just like so much to see on it that you don't really notice in the movie. It was also super shiny and beautiful. Um, and the way they had it lit, it was just, you know, glistening in the light. Uh, so that was a really cool thing that they had. And like I said earlier, it's not in the park anymore, but it was a very fun treat to like go on the ride one day and spot that and be like, oh my gosh, this is new. Like, this is so cool. So that was really neat. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas cemented their status as the blockbuster boys with their first partnership. Here from that legendary collaboration is Harrison Ford as archaeologist Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's one more thing on Disney property in Walt Disney World, which is in Florida, that is Indiana Jones related. And this one's really fun. So at Disney Springs, which is like the shopping center, plus all these amazing restaurants, they opened a, uh, a little like place to get drinks and little bites to eat in 2015. And it's called Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. So it is just, it is literally themed like a hanger. And it's got all these little like knickknacks inside, so many little Easter eggs. You can find like the Fertility Idol, you can find Indie Satchel, you can find you know, like the diamond from Temple of Doom. There's like so many fun things hidden in here, but they have themed food and drinks. So just like so many thing, fun things on the menu that you can order. And I don't, I don't really drink alcoholic drinks, but I remember when this opened and I was so excited to go just for the atmosphere because they play like really fun music from thirties and the forties and uh, the staff there kind of like interact with you uh, in, in lingo that you would kind of hear in like the indie movies. And they have these really fun souvenir coasters that you can take home. And I can't remember what some of the designs are, but I remember one of them is like a club Obi-Wan coaster, which is really fun. Um, so there's just like all kinds of neat little, uh, you know, things in there that hardcore fans would notice. But when this, uh, hangar bar opened, I remember I, I was just going to Disney like all the time at that time. I was in college and I was like, what better things to do on the weekend than go to Disney? So I would go there all the time and I would go sometimes with a friend of mine that cosplays as Indy. And sometimes he would wear either his hat or or like the whole get up to the bar. And we realized that was a good way to get free drinks and free food. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like such a cool place to be. And they have some outdoor seating now that's like kind of on, uh, on the water and it's just a really fun addition to Disney Springs. There's a lot of other just like really nice, fancy restaurants there and stuff, but it's neat that they have something for, uh, indie fans and it just adds like another piece of the IP to the Disney property there. So I think it's really cool. They did a great job on it. And I know they've periodically kind of added more things to the menu. So 
there's some fun stuff that you can get there. I haven't been there yet, but I'm terrified. I'm honestly terrified of what would happen of me going there. <laughs> You'd get smashed. <laughs> yeah, I think I would start to cry and they'd be like, that person's not okay. Do you, sir, do you need any help? What's wrong? Why are you crying? You're so beautiful. It's Jock Lindsay. Reggie. Yeah. It's such a small uh, area too. It's kind of hard to tell from the pictures that they have online, but it's a very like intimate area. So it's, I don't know. It just has like a really cool vibe in there. And it's just fun. Like even if you don't drink just to go and they have non-alcoholic drinks, obviously, and they have a little bit of food that you can get, but it's really just fun to sit and look at everything around there because it's, it's a very like crowded area, lots of props and like set dressing around you. So it's fun to sit there and kind of see if you can point out all the Easter eggs that they have. Well, the thing it seems to me with, with, with the Jock Lindsay bar too, is that if someone doesn't necessarily know, and may like, again, I haven't been there, but if somebody doesn't necessarily know Jock from Rares of the Lost Ark, they may not even know that it's Indiana Jones theme. Do you think they would? No, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You would just think it's like a really cool, like adventure kind of vibe. You really wouldn't spot the indie references if you weren't an indie fan, which is the cool part. I love. What's your favorite food and or non-alcoholic drink there at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar? Oh man, give me a second to open up the menu because it has been it has been quite some time. Oh, they do have these really fun um pretzels that they bring out. And if I remember correctly, they bring them out on like a pretzel stand that looks like an airplane. And that sounds kind of weird. It's hard to describe. Um, but it's called Air Pirates Pretzel and it comes with like this spicy mustard. And those are really great. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> And I think I think they've changed some of the drinks since I've been there. So I don't even remember what I used to order there. Some of the drinks they have, here we go. So here are some of the alcoholic drinks from the menu. They have the cool-headed monkey. They have Reggie's Revenge. Oh. They have Wrong Island. Um, the Fountain of Youth, anything goes. Oh. I think if I, I think if I did drink, I would have to try anything goes. That would be my drink of choice. I think we would drink all of them if we were there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's probably a good idea that we aren't there. Yeah, it's just such a fun place. Like, and it's fun too. A lot of the tables are close to each other, and this might be a little different now because of COVID, but. Um, in, in the normal times, the tables are really close. So you kind of get to like meet your neighbors almost. And if they're indie fans too, it's kind of like you, you make new friends while you're there. And it's just like a really fun place to be. I remember when I went for the very first time, it literally had just opened. I was just so excited to go and dress in my nicest, like very subtle indie outfit. And I had a necklace that looked like the headpiece to the staff of Raw. And I wore it with like a really cute dress and, you know, really cute shoes. And um, it was neat. Like the the server that we had, she noticed my necklace and she commented on it. I was like, aha, you are a real one. Like you should be working here. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was really, really exciting. And it's just like a really fun, just chill, laid back place to go. If you're ever at Disney Springs and you just want to relax, like go to the hangar bar. It's the best. Let's 
let's move over to Disneyland. So I, like I said, I grew up in Orlando, but I did live in Anaheim for a short time when I finished college. So I had an annual pass and I would go to Disneyland every weekend because I didn't know anybody there. And what better thing to do than hang out at Disney by yourself? Um, (laughs) So when I was there, I got to ride the Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden Eye ride all the time. And this ride opened in 1995. And it's interesting because I didn't realize that this ride was such a big deal when it originally opened. And as you so kindly shared, Jason, when we were getting ready for this episode, uh, we found a lot of like YouTube videos from when the ride opened in 95. And this was the hottest thing around. Um, I wasn't even born then. So unfortunately, I missed the hype. But I guess this was just like a really huge deal and a really big addition to Disneyland when it uh, originally opened. And uh, basically in the ride, you're on like this rugged vehicle. It's kind of like a Jeep, but not really, you know, they don't, they don't have that sponsor sponsorship yet. Um, And you enter the chamber of destiny and you are like confronting all of these evil things and molten lava and collapsing bridges and a big boulder. And it's just so much fun. But the the interesting thing to me is that they built, uh, they invented a new ride vehicle specifically for this ride. It's called the Enhanced Motion Vehicle, EMV for short. And basically what this vehicle does is the, the carriage part of the, or the shell of the ride is separate from the Guys, I'm a girl. I don't know what these things are called, okay? Um, it's separate from like the like the wheels and stuff of the vehicle. We don't know either. So Okay. <laughs> the top the top is separate from the bottom and there's like hydraulics between them, okay? Okay. So anyways, it feels like you're on a really bumpy ride essentially, but you're not. Um, and these ride vehicles are programmed to kind of have different motions every time you get on it. So it's similar to Star Tours a little bit in the sense that no ride is exactly the same and you have a little bit of variation to each of the rides. Um, but for me, when I was a kid, I, I never rode this cause I didn't go to Disneyland until I was an adult, but in Walt Disney world, they have a ride called dinosaur And it's, I didn't know this at the time, but it's the exact same ride. It's the same ride vehicle. It's the same track. They just have dinosaurs in it instead of Indiana Jones in Florida. Um, So if you've ever been on the dinosaur ride in Animal Kingdom, you've essentially ridden Indiana Jones without seeing all of the cool Indiana Jones things. But it's just like a really fun ride. I don't particularly love roller coasters, but this is kind of a happy medium between a stationary like regular car ride and a roller coaster because it does give you a little bit of excitement with the um with the truck kind of like throwing you around and you know taking big turns and things like that um it's so much fun but the uh the worst part about this ride is that the queue line is like um half a mile long and I'm not exaggerating I'm pretty sure that's an accurate number it goes on and on and on and on. And it literally feels like you are walking into the depths of an abyss. Like you're walking into these caverns and you're never going to see daylight ever again. And it really just gets you immersed into the ride before you even set foot on your ride vehicle. And it's just, 
it goes on forever. <laughs> this ride is a very painful memory for me because when I first went as a kid, it was not open yet. It was still years away from its opening. And when we went, because we, I went with my family after Celebration Anaheim in 2015, and it was closed for maintenance. Oh, yeah, that was, I forgot about that. That, that almost cancels out, cancels out being in the stunt spectacular. My my wife was very much just like, "Are you are you are you okay?" And I was like, "It's it. I'm fine. It's fine. Let's let's just let's keep going. Let's keep enjoying our vacation." And <laughs> I was I was saying when with the the celebration 2020 that was supposed to happen in Anaheim, I was just like with the party on Thursday night. I was like I was saying to Gabe, I was like, first thing we're doing." Indie ride, first thing. <laughs> so now, you know, so hopefully May 2022, just about a year from now, I'll finally get to go on the Indie ride for the first time ever. You're going to love this ride more than Star Tours. I have watched the video on YouTube. I'm so familiar <laughs> with this ride. You'll be quoting the entire thing. <laughs> I've watched it on YouTube. I've watched low light videos. I've watched like real light videos. I've watched videos from the 90s. I've watched videos since Disneyland reopened like a month ago where people are like, there's changes in it. Indy says different lines. And I'm like, oh, I got to know that. I've never ridden the ride, but I've got to know what the different lines are. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to to ride this. It is so fun. But I, I will say it is a ride that breaks down a lot. And it's because of that ride vehicle and the technology that they used for it. Um, I think it's like whatever software they have for it probably just like glitches out sometimes. So I've definitely been there before too, where I'm like, all right, I'm in the park. Let's make it to Indy. And then you get over to Indy. And if you see the employees standing outside in the line, you know, something's wrong. Like, you know, it's not running. That's the tall tale sign. So <laughs> to put to pad some time in the celebration trip. So if the ride's not working, we just stay until it's <laughs> however many days it takes until they fix it. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually running within the same day. And the great thing is that now the Disneyland app exists, so you can just check your phone while you're in other areas of the park rather than walking over there every five seconds to see if they've reopened it. But yeah, it breaks down a lot. It's a great ride, though. It's totally worth the the long wait and. When you ride it for the first time, you'll be like, wow, it's everything I ever wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, too, with the the video from the, the crossover at the stunt show, the footage from the 1995 opening that's on YouTube is unbelievable. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is there messing around with a snake. I'm just basically here to check out what kind of movie memorabilia I should take with me to the planet Hollywood. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is like waxing philosophical about like why he loves Walt Disney. What I do remember is all that great programming that was on television. You know, Davy Crockett and the wildlife shows and seeing Walt Disney introduce a show every, every Sunday night. You know, and that to me is... Uh, it really means something. The fact that he was a pioneer, he took risks, he was a gambler and didn't know whether this thing would work here and that it's, you know, endured is uh, sort of uh, credit to uh, great entrepreneurs everywhere. Really. Everybody but 
Harrison Ford is there and there's footage of the the grand opening where it's like Michael Eisner and George Lucas and somebody like wearing a safari hat and they're like touching some glowing stone. Have you seen that? Yes. <laughs> I, it doesn't doesn't Indy have to fight off ninjas first too? <laughs> <laughs> Those ninjas just do not want that ride to open. No, this is what we need to do. We need to go to Disneyland dressed as that. I'll be a ninja. One of you can be Indy. One of you can be Sala. We'll just recreate the ride <laughs> opening day. <laughs> well, there too, there was a Disney Channel special too that we've got to talk about that was all just kind of selling the ride to people. And this is worth noting too, because in this Disney Channel special from 1995, it's John Reese davis as Sala and Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood from 1995. Yes, he made these when he made this fantastic discovery. See, there are miles and miles of passageways and hidden vaults and treasure. This is a find of major significance and danger. Danger? Isn't this some sort of ride or something? Well, that's of course why it's being rebuilt here in Disneyland, but can. The problem is they have reconstructed it so exactly that they have imported the original curse. Curse. <laughs> curse. Icons, I'm telling you, like it's just the best. It's it's the closest we'll ever get to Raiders too. I will say one one really cool thing about this ride is that the pre-show, it's like a video that you watch about the safety and things like that. Um, it's John Rice Davies as Sala talking to you for the pre-show, and he is fantastic. So that I mean that should sell you on the ride alone. It's it's like when I eventually go into jocks, I'm scared that. I might melt down. I'm happy, Gabe. You'll be with me when it finally happens. So you can you can you can slap me if I start going crazy, <laughs> or I can drag you out of there. You probably will freak out because you'll, but in like a bad way, because you'll just walk down this queue forever and ever and ever, and you'll be like, "Am I ever going to get to the ride? Like, did they move the ride? Is the ride still here?" That's the stuff you're going to experience as you're getting on the ride. It just feels so long. <laughs> Here's what we got to do, Savannah. You got to be there with us. We got to make this happen. We're going to coordinate this. I'm in. I'll get my ninja outfit ready. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. This ride is so fun, too, because it, it looks like an actual truck. And so if you sit in the front left seat, you have a steering wheel. It doesn't do anything. But it's very fun to pretend that you're driving this crazy truck around the ride. Yes, I've done it. It's very exciting. <laughs> if, you've, if you've ever ridden in a car with Jason, it's probably pretty accurate, too. It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it's the best. And it it is one of, I don't know, I feel like there's so many rides in Disneyland that are amazing. So it's hard for me to say that it's one of the best rides in Disneyland. But it really is. Like, it, again, it's larger than life. It's huge. It's It's so fun. You have John Williams' music, like, there's just so much going on and it's one of those rides where you really don't know what's going to happen next because a lot of the track seems to kind of like cross over itself almost. So you, you don't exactly know where you're going next and the car sometimes just like flings you around a corner that you didn't even know was there. And it's just, it is just so beyond amazing. It is the best thing ever. I love it. Well, one of the interesting things, too, with this ride is 
when doing research, you, you learn that like they had like this blue sky period where for a while they were thinking about, and this kind of relates to something we're going to talk about later, where they were thinking about completely redoing Adventureland as almost like an Indiana Jones land. And like, right, they were going to like, Jungle Cruise was going to be a part of Indiana Jones. And there was going to be like a mine car kind of situation thing going on. Sadly, that that did not happen. I am so sad. <laughs> that would have been so crazy. Like in 1995, we're six years after Last Crusade. It was still more than 10 years until the next Indiana Jones movie. And it's just like, guess what? Indiana Jones, everybody. It's It's a little surprising to me that some of these attractions have made it as long as they have. I mean, like I told you, there's been so many rumors about the stunt spectacular in Florida being changed or torn torn down. And it's like, I always just have this fear in my heart that they're going to do it one day. Like they're actually going to do it, but it, it just, it brings me so much joy. I hope they never change it. Like don't touch it. Just bring more of it. Just bring more of it in the park. Well, it's funny that they would take it away because so many other like amusement park type things have fake Indiana Jones stuff, like the whole, that whole genre of like jungle adventure. So many things have a fake version that why wouldn't you keep the original? Because people still like that, that feeling of like being in, you know, a a lost temple or something like that, especially at a theme park. Yeah. I feel like now that Indy 5 is confirmed or quote unquote confirmed, we've heard about Indy 5 for so long. We all know it's, it's been a long ride, but we could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like with that being on the horizon, it it makes me feel a little safer. Like we're not going to lose these things anytime soon because India is not really going anywhere. But for a hot minute, you know, it felt like some of these things were going away. But I really do wish they would add more of it. And I think a lot of Disneyland purists would be super anti-changing Olive Adventureland to Indiana Jones. And I, I understand that to a certain degree. But I I feel like there is a lot more they could do within that area. And if you're not familiar with Disneyland, um, Adventureland has the Jungle Cruise. It has the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. It has um, the Indiana Jones ride. And there's like a little gift shop area, a couple little small restaurants. And that's about it. Like it's pretty small. But it just feels like they could still do more there. I mean, could you imagine if they had an Indiana Jones meet and greet? You could just meet Indiana Jones. Come on. Like, how cool would that be? Have a golden idol pedestal that you could take a picture with? Like, that would be so cool. A crystal skull chair for the interdimensional beings. You can sit in it or have a chair with an interdimensional being skeleton in it. And you can, like, stand in front of it and be like, I want to know. And somebody can take your picture. And then and then they can have, like, a little um, a little drink bar near that where you could get, like, a drink with a giant piece of ice that looks like a skull. <laughs> Like a giant ice cube, like a themed indie drink. Savannah, I would pass out. Pass out. (laughs) I would be in the Disney medical secret area. We gave him a drink with a crystal skull ice cube and he went right down. Oh, boom. That was the end. Please 
traps, making sure always they are securely fastened. So next, let's see. We have, oh man, you guys are in for a real treat. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're going all the way to Paris, okay? <laughs> so um, I think it was 2016. I went to London for the first time for Celebration London, and I went with my mom, and we decided to extend our trip and go to Disneyland Paris for the first time. I was very excited for this entire trip. Like I, I love Disney. I love hanging out with my mom, but the highlight of this trip for me was going to Disneyland Paris to ride this Indiana Jones-themed ride. So they have a ride called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril, and I'm sure it sounds beautiful in French, but I am not even going to try to do that because I don't speak French. But it's basically a minecart ride, and it's a little roller coaster. Prior to my visit Uh, at Disneyland Paris, I didn't really do any research on this. I just wanted to be surprised. I knew it was a minecart ride. Temple of Doom is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I was just like ready to experience it and not have anything really spoiled for me. And this is a story I have told to our very dear friend, Charlotte, from the Sky Talkers podcast. Charlotte and I have a shared experience here that we didn't know we had. I got on this roller coaster. I was on it for about 10 seconds. It takes you on a loop and you're done. And that was the whole ride. <laughs> that is the entire ride. And there's a picture that I have in our show notes that I will probably share on my social media when this episode is live. This was pre-ride. This was before I like experienced the ride. I was thrilled. Do you see the look on my face? Do you see? I got my hands in the air. The guy next to me looks like he is just zoned out, but I am so pumped. When I got done, I looked at my mom because she doesn't ride roller coasters. I looked at her and I just shook my head and literally almost burst into tears. <laughs> like this was not it. Like this was not worth um, being excited about. But I found out later on in my research that this ride track was just a pre-made track bought from a company. It's called the Looping TL59 from Pinfari whoever that is, whatever company that is. Um, and then they just kind of set dressed it with some rocks and things like that to make it look like an old temple. And they made the ride vehicles look like little mine carts. But yeah, it's just it was a very cheap way to try and draw teenagers into the park because if you know anything about Disneyland Paris, you know that it took them a little while to be successful and they had a really hard time drawing in young people. Um, and, and yeah, this ride was their attempt to bring in a really big name like Indiana Jones and bring in all the young people that wanted to experience a thrill ride. And I don't know if they did that. <laughs> it's like in all the research too, like you, you see that originally their plans were much more elaborate and there was like animatronic tiger and there was going to be like... Indiana Jones is like lost in this temple and all this stuff. And kind of, I don't know, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with like the Euro Disney, the early days of Euro Disney, where it was just kind of like, we got to get people at this thing and let's throw a roller coaster on it and say it's Indiana Jones roller coaster. Yeah, they won't know. Just, just put it on there. They won't even know. <laughs> I hope that uh, Charlotte shares her story on Twitter when, when this is out, because 
We chatted about that recently and I was like, OMG, I'm not the only person that was so severely disappointed by this ride. And she swears that when she wrote it, it was backwards because there was a short time where they were really trying to spice it up and really trying to get people in the park and they would run the track backwards. And mine was definitely not like that, but she remembers writing it backwards. So that's a little tidbit that maybe she will share. Uh, it was an experience. And you know what? The Indiana Jones merch in Paris, also stinky. They didn't have anything. They had one t-shirt. <laughs> Did you get the one t-shirt though? You know what? I didn't. And I really regret it. I took a picture of it, but I didn't buy it. Was there any, like, was it in Fr- French or anything? Or is it just? A- yeah, it had the name of the ride in French and it was just indie. you know, just, just the typical Raiders picture. But I remember I didn't buy it because the, the actual t-shirt was white. And I was like, I'm I'm too messy for this. Like, I don't really wear white T-shirts. Um, if it had been a black T-shirt, I would have gotten it. But the only color they had it in was white. And so that kind of, like, deterred me from getting it. If I were to go there today, I would immediately buy it. Because I kind of have, like, a thing now where I collect weird Indiana Jones merchandise. But at the time, I, I was not at that point in my life yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's cute. And, you know, maybe one day they'll they'll really give it a good facelift. But for now, don't bank on this as being the highlight of your trip to Disneyland Paris, because it's not going to be it. Au cœur de l'Europe se trouve un lieu magique où les héros des grands classiques de Walt Disney deviendront vos amis. Disneyland Paris. Okay, so next we are going all the way to Tokyo. And... I don't have a ton to share about this because I have never been to Tokyo, but at Tokyo Disney Sea, they have Indiana Jones Temple of the Crystal Skull, and this ride opened in 2001. So this ride is basically a carbon copy of the ride in Disneyland, Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I have not personally ridden it, but like you, Jason, I have to watch all of the POV videos on YouTube and all the 4K videos and all the low light videos. And I feel like there are slight differences in this ride. So the, the most important one is that the outside of the ride looks like an Aztec temple. So visually, the outside of the ride looks completely different from the ride in Disneyland. But on the inside, it looks like they use a lot of different uh, lighting colors. It looks like it's very uh, blue-toned, whereas the Disneyland version in California is more like red tone with fire. And it looks like there was like a tornado in this ride um, and just like a few other small details that I noticed. But generally, it's very similar to the one in Disneyland. And I think it's cool that they took this ride over there and basically did the same thing because clearly it's very popular. People love it. It's, you know, it's like a big draw for tourists. So one day I will have to make it over there and ride it. Um, My mom has been to Tokyo Disney Sea, but she's a big chicken when it comes to rides. So she did not ride this one and I did not get to ask her how amazing it was. So I don't have any connection to this ride. (laughs) One of my favorite things in the YouTube videos I've seen that instead of Sala in the opening movie, it's this other friend of Indy named Paco, <laughs> which I'm really into Paco, and I'm hoping Paco shows up in Indy 5. We need to start that campaign. Justice for Paco. 
Maybe the whole thing is about Paco. Maybe Paco is missing. That brings Indy out of retirement. He's got to go out and find Paco. Phoebe Waller-Bridge knows about Paco. I'm. I think we're. Just, it's writing itself right now. I think they just need to put you on the writers team. Let's do this. And we've got to talk about too. Speaking of YouTube videos, there is a YouTube video that we found earlier this week where we because we were talking about that there should be like indie character experiences. And for a while in Tokyo, there was an Indiana Jones guy wandering around the park. And there's YouTube footage of it in Tokyo. And it's amazing. I think I watched this video 25 times after you sent it to me. Because it is it is a true anomaly. This man looks nothing like Indiana Jones. He sounds nothing like Indiana Jones. And as I mentioned to you guys when you sent me the video, I was like, this man is clearly a Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. He was called in to be a spare in case Prince Philip number one didn't show. Clearly, Prince Philip number one did show. And they said, okay, buddy, you want to work today? Put on this outfit. Like, just go walk around. Just go have fun. Like, just be indie. Has he really ever even seen Indiana Jones? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it, I, I, I think I was giving him a lot of credit because – I know how excited I would be if I was at a Disney park and I just saw any random guy. He didn't even have to look. He could look as far away from Harrison Ford as this guy does. And I would still be like, oh, my God, it's Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy by my office who dresses kind of like Indiana Jones and has the hat and the bag and he wears it on the train and I get excited. So (laughs) an actual Indiana Jones in a park. Is, is even more exciting than that. It's just really funny because he, he doesn't really talk a ton. And because of the language barrier between, you know, Japanese people and, and he's obviously speaking English, there's not a whole lot of speaking going on in this video. But when he does speak, you're like, oh, wait, wait, what? Like, maybe you should go back to not speaking because you don't sound like Indiana Jones. <laughs> he mentions his friend Marcus, though. So I got to give him a little credit for that. Maybe that was all the notes they gave him for the day. This guy, <laughs> he likes jungles, and he has a friend named Marcus. That's all you need to know. <laughs> My friend Marcus is calling, and I have to tell him everything that I've seen today. We've been some close calls today. I almost fell down the stairs. Somebody told me there were snakes. There weren't snakes. What else happened? We saw some ducks. Again, we'll have the video, the link to the video in the show notes. And, yeah, you got to watch it because in... In the beginning, you think, does he just not speak? Because this camera is following him around and he's just kind of pantomiming through the park and like kind of making like serious kind of hmm, Indiana Jones kind of faces. And the costume is good, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I, I, I am definitely an Indiana Jones costume snob. But to be fair, I, like I told you earlier, my brother is an indie cosplayer. And he has taken a great deal of time and consideration, like, finding his pieces. And during those years, you know, he would sit down and vent to me every day about the things that he bought and how much they cost and how how he needed to find them and how he needs to age them. And, you know, let's just say I'm I'm more educated than the average person on Indiana Jones's costume. 
Yeah, I'm just happy he's got a hat. That's all I need. <laughs> he does have a hat. And he has a satchel, you know? I'm just glad he has a satchel, too. Yeah. He had the two belts. And I was like, that's, you know, that's better than some. The two mm-hmm. belts. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. But you're right. The miming part was, like, so odd. And then and then he does start speaking, and you're like, oh, what is going on here? <laughs> he's not. Uh, he's not even trying to do a Harrison Ford voice. No. No, not at all. Like any one of us could be like, <laughs> but he's he's not even trying to go there. So no, you know what? Kudos to him. He's out there doing it, just doing his thing. I hope he hears this. Yeah, I hope so too. We love you wherever you are. He's more of a young indie. That's the thing. He has the face of like a young indie. Maybe when Indiana Jones was younger, he he didn't quite have the voice yet, and he spent a lot of time being a crossing guard on rope bridges. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. You got to start somewhere, you know? <laughs> so as we were talking about before, Indy 5 is coming now. Casting is going on. Filming is going to be starting, like, what, any day now, probably? The future of Indiana Jones at Disney Parks. Indy 5 is coming. Who knows what's beyond that? Blue sky ideas that you would have, Savannah, for your dream Indiana Jones anything at a Disney Park. I still really want an epic minecart attraction. I want the thing that I thought the one in Paris was going to be. <laughs> I want to be in like a tiny little minecart dodging flames. And, you know, I, I want I want them to give me a short round hat to wear on the ride and really commit to it and go through some tiny little tunnels and have another cart like following you. That's that's the dream. But realistically, I... I hope they do maintain what they have now. If they ever got rid of the stunt spectacular, I would be devastated. If they ever got rid of uh, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye in Disneyland, I would be heartbroken. And I, I really hope they keep those things around because I feel like if you were a kid that didn't grow up with, uh, in, in the situation where I did, where I grew up in a in a household that always had these movies playing, I don't know if you would sort of discover the Indiana Jones franchise. Maybe that'll change after Indy 5 comes out because that'll be a brand new movie and people will have that to discover. But I'm sure a lot of kids discovered Indiana Jones for the first time in the Disney parks. And I think that's really cool. Um, And I would love to know what that experience is like to ride a ride or go to a show and meet this character for the first time and then watch the movie and see what they're all about. Like, I just think that's really cool. So I hope they keep around what they currently have, but you know, I would love a real minecart um, ride. And this is something we, I think we glossed over a tiny bit and we did mention it earlier, but there have been so many rumors of like Indiana Jones land. And I think that would be so cool. And one thing that has circulated um, around the you know the rumor reports for years is that Dinoland USA in Animal Kingdom, which is very outdated and and very cute, but definitely needs a good facelift. Um, a lot of people were hoping that that would turn into an Indiana Jones land because it would feel it would fit very well and it would feel natural in Animal Kingdom. Um, everything there is already very jungly to begin with. They have the dinosaur ride there, which I mentioned earlier, has the same exact track and uh, ride vehicle as the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. So they could easily gut that ride and reskin it basically to be the Indiana Jones ride. 
And they could add like so many other things in that area to have a full Indiana Jones land. And I just think that would be so epic. So I think that would be the big dream. Reskin the Dinoland USA area, make it Indiana Jones land. And they have a really, a really bad but very cute um, roller coaster there that they could turn into a, another minecart attempt. And maybe they could jazz it up a little bit too and make it the thing that I wanted it to be. <laughs> well, and you saying that too really makes me think they could really make it like the, George Lucas did with the the Young Indie series where a secret excuse to teach kids about history. <laughs> and they could work a lot of that into like a whole dedicated Indiana Jones land where it could be, we're transporting you to South America in 1936 and we're going to sneak in some some history and it's not just going to be about the thrills and the, the the excitement. It could, you know, kind of like the way Epcot used to be, where we could learn a little something along the way. You know, I, I would I would think that would be really awesome too, and it would be very true to the spirit of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think that would be great. That's a good use to have the the crystal skull in the chair, and you can tell it you want to know more, and it just gives you general history knowledge back. <laughs> <laughs> you can just keep going back, and I want to know more, and it'll tell you. In 1947, this happened. It's like, oh, thank you. Fun facts with the crystal skull. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. I want to know. Tell me. I'm ready. I want to know. Adventures at Disneyland are rolled back to just $24. Experience the thrills of the Indiana Jones adventure, plus all the legendary magic of Disneyland for one low price. So bring your friends, Southern California. This offer will blow you away. It's only $24. Come have a ball at Disneyland before it's too late. You lost today, kid. deal with apple podcast reviews we love reading them we're going to read some on the show eventually and they help the show in ways that no one really out there understands but i think it helps like when you leave reviews that people when they look up star wars maybe blast points will come up i don't know maybe but regardless we love reading them and it makes us really happy it brings warm feelings to our hearts and make sure you check out our website blastpointspodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in our Super Chill group. And you want to support the show in a different way? We got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where there's a whole lot of Bad Batch going on. We had an episode last weekend about Bad Batch, episode number four, which at the time of recording this, we haven't even seen yet. We didn't even know what happens. But in the future, it's going to be great. I'm sure our episode was a lot of fun. The best one ever. <laughs> and Savannah, we cannot thank you enough. The amount of research you did. 
what you brought to this was just incredible. It's so much fun. Yeah, we, we, we can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so happy that we made it through the highs of the stunt spectacular all the way to the lows of uh, the roller coaster in Disneyland Paris. Like we really just went through it all. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. And if, if people want to know more about Dorky Diva Show, all the amazing stuff you're doing, how can people check all that stuff out? Yeah, so pretty much all of my stuff is hosted at thedorkydiva.com. If you go there, you can find my podcast, The Dorky Diva Show. I also host another podcast called The Working Diva. I have a shop. Um, I'm currently working on a Zam Wessel costume, and you can read about my progress there. And then my handle on social media is just the Dorky Diva. Your Zam costume is coming along incredibly. Oh. Watching the progress of that is one of my favorite pastimes of the last few months. It's just seeing <laughs> seeing how far along it is. Thank you. I I keep telling people it's going to be a miracle if I have any hair left by the time this is all over because it's it's one of the most frustrating things I've ever done, but it's also very fun. Um, and it's been really fun to kind of like share my progress about it too. There's a part of me that doesn't ever want you to finish because it's just <laughs> fun to watch the progress. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're taking next week off from the main show, everybody. A little bit of a uh, mid-year little summer break. We're just taking a week off from the main show. But we'll be back on June 8th with more fun and more craziness. So... Yeah, Savannah, seriously, thank you again so much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Don't let the hands of them send you in your Anything goes. Friends, I celebrate your arrival. If you drink too much from the fountain of youth, we will be happy to assist you with strollers. <laughs> but please, stay seated until your transport comes to a complete stop. Henry Jones, Jr.